Now it's time for the Disney View podcast. Please move across your car to make room for everyone. Our podcast will begin momentarily. Join Dave as he makes his grand circle tour around the Walt Disney World Resort. Dave is a dreamer and an engineer who enjoys the magic and wonder of it all, but understands Disney's place in history and respects the legacy that's been left. Come along and hear Dave's thoughts about Walt Disney World and see it through Dave's eyes. Please stand clear of the podcaster. Por favor, mantenganse alejado del David. And now, here's your host. Hey everyone, it's Dave. Welcome to another edition of Dave's Disney View Podcast. Well, one of the interesting things that happened in 1989, the Walt Disney Company was coming along and doing some interesting things, and Michael Eisner decided it was time to create a real working movie studio. And he wanted to make it interesting, so he created the Disney MGM Studios. Now, on a future podcast, I'll talk about some of the history of that and how it all came together and some of the interesting ins and outs of what the MGM Studios were. But what I wanted to talk about today was the fact that it was a real working movie studio. And one of the key components that they wanted to put into this park was you get the opportunity to see how movies are made. And so they took you behind the scenes. You could walk in and you could actually watch some of the productions being filmed. You could go around on the backstage tour. They talked about, in very subtle ways, some of the things that happened in movie editing and uh, in movie production to make big splashes and big things and to make things happen. And they talked about how to produce sound for movies. So if you went into the Sounds Dangerous show, or the Monster Sound show as it was called at some point, you would go in and you would actually uh, hang around and they would teach you how to use the Foley stage and how to make sounds for a movie. And we'll go through that again on a future podcast. To me, more interesting than that was what was at the end of that show. You'd leave the studio where you were watching this production, and you'd go into something called Soundsations. Soundsations was this place, well, there was, there was an, a post-show area, and there were a couple of different kiosks there, and you could add sound to different movies. You could, uh, you could use your own voice, or you could use some pre-recorded sounds to kind of go over a movie and make it a little bit interesting and add that compelling piece. I think there was, if I remember correctly, there was a couple of different uh, stock pieces of footage that you could play around with. You could add some sounds to it and so forth, and it was kind of fun. And then there were some props in there, too, where you could learn how uh, they made certain sounds for movies. You could touch them yourself and see how they felt. But the Soundsations is really interesting. Soundsations was this booth you would go into. You, along the wall, I think there was maybe six of them, there were six booths there. You would open the door, and you would walk in. And there was like this uh, U-shaped uh, seating area with a bunch of uh, headsets just sitting there. And you could pick up a headset and push the button and start the show. And what was really interesting about this was it was a uh, holophonic sound that they were creating. Now, holophonics is this interesting study of sound and creating sound in a way that puts it around in an oral perspective. That's oral with the A-U, not with an O, to kind of make you feel like your everything is the right distance from your head. The story of oral uh, perception and building this sort of uh, solution dates back to when we started actually doing recordings and people were playing around with audio. Here it was, it was the early 1980s, and people had all these ideas for how to use audio and how to create something that was more, more complete. Now you had some sophisticated editing equipment, and you had the ability to um, create something that wasn't quite digital yet, but was getting close to it in terms of the quality of the sound. Now there was a man by the name of Hugo Zuccarelli, who was a sound producer, 
uh, editor and uh, inventor of holophonics. He was actually born in uh, Argentina, and he went to school, and he was learning about sound engineering and sound designs and so forth, and he came up with this clever idea to create something called holophonic sound. And what he wanted to do was create sound that uh, surrounded you, so that went all around. It would be a, a nature of binaural recording, that means both ears. Uh, and uh, he, his claim was that the human auditory system acts as an interferometer. An interferometer is a, a way of a way that uh, electromagnetic waves can superimpose on each other and add additional sound uh, quality to them. So he had this idea that that's the way the hearing worked. It relied on phase variance, um, like stereo sound does. Uh, but the sound characteristics of holophonics are most clearly heard through headphones. The, the key to it is that on the headphones, you can use the stereo function of the sound to make the sound appear in different places within the headset on each ear and give you the feeling that you were, uh, you were going along. Now, as it turns out, over the years, beyond when Mr. Zuccarelli did his research, it's been disproven that that's actually what's happening. Uh, there's a little more to it than that, and it's not quite as simple as he has in, had anticipated, but he did invent an entirely new kind of sound. Now, let me just try and explain what holophonic uh, sound recording is. Holograms use multiple exposure on an image to create a hologram. Holophonic recording uses multiple exposures of a sound recording to create a holophonic sound. How do you produce a holophonic sound recording? You add layers to the recording by including an interference pattern that is generated when the original recording signal is combined with an inaudible digital reference signal. So basically, the sound produced is so realistic that some people claim they smell sulfur when they listen to the holophonic recording of someone striking a match. The holophonic sound waves appear to sti stimulate the brain to reproduce very realistic and three-dimensional sounds within us. It's a very clever thing. Now, because it doesn't quite work by the interference as he had said, but it's, it's the way that your ears actually uh, interpret the sound to uh, be able to use it. So Mr. Zuccarelli had this idea, and he uh, created his, um, his PhD dissertation about it, and he invented the idea of holographic, um, I'm sorry, holophonic sound. And he, uh, he created that in about 1982 as he was finishing up his degree. Well, along comes Disney, and Disney wants to do some things where they're in this business of creating different uh, things for the movies, and they want to show you how sounds are made. So they came up with this idea of creating something where you could actually listen to a story by sitting in this booth, and you would hear the story playing out around you as though you're actually in the room with the actors that are uh, portraying the parts. Really kind of fascinating. And they actually set about doing it in a very uh, unique way. What they did was they uh, created a, they took a dummy head, and uh, they actually put some microphones around the dummy head so that when they created the sound, they had the voice actors acting around just as they would have, as if it was a real person there. And they did everything around it and acted out the entirety of the scene by doing all of the scenes there. Then they took each of the microphone recordings and they did some editing together and created this richness of sound that then they could pump back through the audio channels on the headset and you could listen to it and it sounded like it was, it was going around you. Very, very clever. You know, it's one of those very subtle things that Disney did that took the technology to a new leap that no one had thought about. Today we hear about holophonic sounds and you, you can go online and you can listen to different holophonic sounds and, and they're right. And you get that feeling like you're listening to something that's, that's right there if you put on your headset and you listen to it. It was really fascinating and very interesting and uh, I thought it was one of the most clever things. You'd go in the room, you'd push the button, you'd put the headset on, they'd dim the lights and you'd sit there and it actually felt like you were listening to the story happening around you. Really, really cool. 
Um, so what I'm going to do now is I'm going to play that audio for you for the, uh, the, the entirety of the sound station. It's about five and a half minutes long or so, and I think it's worth listening to. I think the sound quality is good enough where you'll get the context of the holophonic sound if you're listening to this podcast on, a head, on headphones. If not, you'll get the idea of it. You'll kind of get the concept, but the headphones are really what makes it work. You really have to have it right over each ear. That's the only way to make it work. If you listen to it in a room with speakers, you lose the, the context of it. And if, you're, uh, if you put it on speakers and you have each speaker near your ear, you might be able to get an effect of it, but it really has to be over your ear and capturing the sound in order to work. Otherwise, it just sounds like an audio recording that's a little weird. Welcome to Sound Stations. Please pick up a pair of headphones and be seated. Put the headphones on with a yellow pad over your right ear. Now sit back and relax. Close your eyes and come with me on an adventure in three-dimensional sound. Your name is R.J. McBean, and you've been hired as an executive at a major motion picture studio. It's your first day on the job. Sitting behind your desk in your big new office, all you can hear is the tick-tock of a grandfather clock as you await the arrival of your assistant, Hampton. He should be coming in through the door on your right any second now. Good morning. Well, you must be R.J. McBean, our new studio executive. My name is Hampton, and I'll be helping you through your day here at the studio. Well, well, they certainly gave you a spacious office, R.J. And look at this. A refrigerator filled with cold drinks. Here, why don't you have one? And look what we have over here. A window with a view of the parking lot. <laughs> what a day. Oh, and here's something I know you're really going to enjoy. Your own personal secretary. Shirley, say hello to R.J. Hi, R.J. Why, I heard that even the big cheese himself is coming over here just to see you. That's why I took the liberty of setting up an appointment for you to get your hair done. Shirley? Yes, Mr. Hampton? Would you please send in Ken? Right away, Mr. Hampton. This guy's great, R.J. He's a little clumsy, but he knows how to do a good job. Good morning, all. Just a trim for RJ today, a little off the sides, and shape out the back, okay? Whatever you say. Oh, that's all right. That's Sorry. all right. Ken, I'll pick them up. Oh, thank you. RJ McBean's office, Hampton speaking. Yes? Uh-huh. Okay. I'll let R.J. know about him. Thanks for calling. That was the agency. Apparently that new director is a bit of a flake, but I think he's got some good ideas, R.J. Shirley, send in. No, I won't wait. I am the director. Flavio. Greetings, everyone. Flavio is here. 
Here, Hambone, hold that. I think I'll sit this one out. So you're R.J. McBean. <laughs> Listen, R.J., you're going to love my new script. Why, it's absolutely the most wonderful story you've ever heard. It's bound to be a box office biggie. Mind if I smoke? Yes, we do. I just pitch your story, Mario. Very well. Imagine that you are in the desert. The hot wind is blowing across your beaded brow. Excuse me, uh, may I? That would be my guest. Suddenly, a nomad's arrow flies through the air and whizzes by your turban. Oh, wait a minute. You don't have a turban. Uh, here, this will have to do. A newspaper. Imagine that. A turban made out of newspaper. Yes, it's the latest in chic headwear. Flavia, what are you doing with that bow and all those arrows? Don't worry, Hamtoon. I'm not going to hurt anybody. Simply setting the stage for my story. Now, the arrow flies through the air. Yikes! And lands, oops, in your mahogany paneling. Well, listen, gotta go. Let me know what you think. TTFN, ta-ta for now. Sorry about that, R.J. Well, we won't need this anymore. I knew this guy was quackers, but I didn't think he was dangerous. Uh, thanks, Ken. That'll be all for today. Uh, you bet. Uh, see ya in a few days. <laughs> yes? Excuse me, Mr. Hampton, but M.M. is here to see R.J. M.M.? Send him in, Shirley. Yes, sir. He's the big cheese. Uh, hiya, Hampton. Hi, R.J. Nice to see you, Mickey. Boy... You've really earned your ears. <laughs> Gosh, they look swell. Well, uh, gotta go. Lots of things to do, you know. Well, I'd say you're definitely part of the family now, RJ. Oh, my goodness. Look at the time. I've got a ton of things to do today. You're gonna do just fine here. I'll see you later, RJ. Well, nice job, R.J. Thanks for coming in. I'll see you, or rather, listen for you next time. Please remove the headphones at this time and exit the sound station's booth. Bye-bye. So there you go. One of the more interesting things that Disney did that was so subtle and so different and unexpected. It was just a little booth that just had a little sign next to it that said sound station. There was nothing else about it. They didn't advertise it. They didn't push it. It's one of those lost treasures that Disney put out there that really was pretty fascinating. And it was really neat. And I really enjoyed going to see it every time I'd go to the parks. I'd always stop in there to listen to this show. And I remember it distinctly. And when I found the audio for it, I was like, oh my goodness, this is exactly like I remember it because it made such an impression on me the way it surrounded your ears and it made you feel like you were in the scene. You, you are there with the big cheese. You're getting your hair cut. Really cool stuff. Now, I couldn't, I couldn't find out who the voice actors were for the most part. I found one, but he was, uh, I didn't recognize the name as anybody who had any association with Disney previously. Um, but uh, kind of an interesting thing that they put together there. Uh, like I said, it was just one of those things that kind of got lost in there because it, they never really did promote it in any way. And then in about 2001, they closed it for a short time. Then they opened it for a little while. And now it's long gone. Uh, and it's, a, it's a, something that's just lost to history. 
But I was really hoping that Disney was going to take this technology and expand on it and do more with it. And I mean, they were trying to teach us how movies were made. They were trying to come up with some unique ideas, and they never went much further with it as far as I know. But it is really cool, and it is worth listening to, and I didn't want to lose that piece of history because it is so neat, so unique, and so different. Well, that is my podcast for this week. I hope you've enjoyed it. And remember, if we can dream it, we can certainly do it. Bye now. Thank you for tuning in to the Disney View Podcast. We hope you had a pleasant stay and arrive home safely. Please remain seated until your ride vehicle stops completely. Then, gather your personal belongings and step out onto the moving platform. And yes, I know it went by so quickly, but don't worry. One of the nice things about traveling on this podcast is that the journey is just beginning. Show notes are available on DisneyWorldPodcast.net. While there, please check out some of our affiliates. You'll also find links to Dave's iPhone and iPad apps. There's an app for pin trading, one for finding hidden Mickeys, and an app for finding and tracking pressed pennies around the Walt Disney World Resort. And you never know just what Dave is working on next. If you have questions, feel free to drop Dave an email at davesdisneyview at gmail.com. Original music you're hearing in this podcast is Oslo Doom by Gilberto Gil. Of course, this is a fan podcast and in no way affiliated with the Walt Disney Company. 